You're listening to the awesome podcast where we celebrate the achievement and lessons of women-owned food and beverage manufacturing companies in Canada. You're tuning into our session with Cheryl Zeeland, who owns Cranked Energy. My name is Cheryl Zeeland. I am the founder and CEO of Cranked Energy Bars. We are a fresh energy bar company based in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I created this company in my home kitchen with three very small children running around simply as a way to feed them maybe a healthier grab and go snack as well as kind of fueling myself as a busy mom and it just really turned into something that the market was craving in terms of a healthy energy bar that tasted good. The problem with energy bars is they don't always taste great. They taste chalky or they just taste kind of run of the mill. Um, and I really wanted to create something for the market that you wanted to eat every single day and that you really enjoyed eating because food is an experience. It is for me. And I didn't want to put something on the shelf if I was going to go that way that really didn't stand out. I really think products nowadays have to fulfill a specific void in the market and really, really be good. I know when I first started Cranked Energy, I wasn't fully confident in the product in terms of, will people like it? And that was a big thing for me. I liked it. The test market liked it, but is it going to be well received? And I'm, I'm a giver. I'm an empath. So when people receive it and the way they receive it means a lot to me. And so as an entrepreneur, you have to become confident in your product enough to stand by it um, and not take the criticism because it does come. It's going to come. Not everyone is going to like your product and that's okay. But to really just learn from it and not let it kind of break you in terms of giving up. I'm not going to do it anymore. This product sucks all of a sudden just because one or two people didn't like it. CPA background. So the food and beverage in general is um, not something I'm completely comfortable with, given I'm a CPA and I love numbers. So the food and beverage in itself is a tough market. And then you have a food product, which you want everyone to love, and it doesn't always happen. Or you have a bad batch, or you're not totally satisfied with the product coming out at the time, and you're trying to rework it, whatnot. There's always that stress there. And I did not handle it well. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm coming out of COVID with uh, a lot of doctor's appointments related to stress. My body is so mad right now. I'm seeing a naturopath. I do a lot of hiking. I spend a lot of time trying to balance not working crazy, crazy hours and getting good sleep. But I don't have a good solution for stress. It's always there. I've learned kind of how to manage it and control it with different things like my my outdoor activity in nature and kind of getting those hikes in every single week. But I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, the pandemic really destroyed immune systems, my thyroid's having trouble, my adrenals, that's all really stress related, we've decided. And I just want to promote going to, you know, get going to see your doctor, getting your blood work done, going to see a naturopath, you know, really cleaning up your, your diet and whatnot to kind of make yourself the best you possibly can. And I'm working through all that right now. And I never kind of mince words. I'm an open book when it comes to that stuff that 
the stress this last year and a half played a huge, huge toll on my body. Not so much my mental health. I'm really good at, you know, kind of staying grounded and I've got good support system around me and we've got a great customer base and a great team here at Cranked, but the daily grind just wears on you. And sometimes you don't even know you're stressed. I probably didn't know the level of stress I was going through because I was handling it. And to everyone else, it seems like someone's handling it so well. But entrepreneurs, man, they are constantly juggling 10 gazillion things and put family in the mix and whatnot. And something's got to give. And for me, that was absolutely my immune system and my stress levels this year. Oh, gosh. (laughs) A decade ago. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I was just amazed at the team we have in the kitchen today in production and thinking back to when kind of I was trying to build a team and I was only open three hours a day because I, I had to be there. I didn't have money to, to hire anyone, but I had small children at home and you know, just that evolution of who you become in your business and being able to hire a support system because you can't do it all. I used to think I had to do it all. I had to do the sales, the marketing, the production, you know, the sampling, the packaging, everything had to be controlled by me. And you quickly learn that there are wonderful people out there that'll, you know, develop your brand with you. And I don't think I could have ever seen myself doing kind of that HR part. That's really scary for entrepreneurs, right? Um, especially a CPA like me, that's really focused on numbers and production and all that, then having all this other stuff and making sure my team's happy and growing and challenged and happy to come to work every day. So yeah, I'm kind of happy that I've been able to grow such a great team here. I take it for granted that I do have all that training being an auditor as well. I, I can see my financial statements and know instantly what needs work and what doesn't. And that's a skill set that not a lot of entrepreneurs come to the table with. And for me, I just comes naturally for me that I stress. I don't stress about the financial side. For me, I stress about the production and the team and whatnot and the marketing and all that side, which some entrepreneurs come to the table with tons of background doing that. I think that's the great part about entrepreneurship is there's such a mixed bag of strengths and kind of weaknesses we all have and, you know, able to mentor each other and share with each other. What are you doing? What's working for you? I'm always an open book when it comes to that. And I get asked a lot of questions a lot about how to do it. And I always say, just if if you're not comfortable doing it, put someone in that is, you know, don't make yourself do things that you are not really you know, invested in or excited about. I love my financials. Someone else would never want to touch them. I don't want to touch production always. You know, I've got a kitchen supervisor. She's amazing. She can do that. Learn what you want to do and what you don't want to do and kind of build a team around that. But it's not something you can ever take a break from. I think that's my biggest advice for entrepreneurs is don't be so hard on yourself. You're going to have bad days. You're going to be days where like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm doing. And there's the resilience that comes in the next day, you wake up to a couple orders and you buck up and you know, you don't shut down just because you had a bad month, right? Production scares me because sometimes we have more orders in the system than physically we can produce in a single work week, which is scary, which means two things. We either need to hire more people or we need to automate something to do it faster. 
And there's always that risk. I don't know if automation for us is the key sometimes. There's not a lot of money for capital investment right now. We kind of continue growing and maybe we add an extra blender for the next couple of months and see if that helps and go from there. But production scares me. How are we going to take on another two or three provinces if we're struggling to keep up in one, right? I think that's always kind of on the back of someone's mind as you're trying to do a, a, a scale up growth strategy. Do we have the manufacturing facility here to support it? If not, what do I need to do to get it there? And am I comfortable doing that? I'm a very risk averse entrepreneur. I don't take on millions of dollars of debt. That is not my style. We grow organically. We grow when the market tells us they're ready to accept our product and fly with it and do well. So that's a concern for me as, as we're building this company. And we, we do have fresh food. I know a lot of entrepreneurs are doing the fresh food product with a shorter shelf life. Shipping's always a concern. The weather temperatures, there's all these extra projects that get thrown in that you learn when you ship a product and it arrives a complete mess and the customer messages you and says, I won't accept it. That's your chance to fix it. And then you learn from it. What did we do wrong? Did we pack it wrong? Did we not put enough ice with it? Did the shipping take too long? There's all these factors that play in. And that's why production scares me because it's never, ever easy. <laughs> not one single day goes exactly like you planned. And I think, again, the resilient entrepreneur goes with it and figures out ways to maybe make it better without losing the integrity of your product. I think that is the core value of what we have come out of this kitchen and we never lose sight of it. We don't put out a bar that's, you know, even potentially 2% less than what we want it to be. It's always got to be perfect. And the girls in the kitchen and the guys here that they all know the level of quality that we want. And I think that's why production is kind of high up on the, the stress list all the time. It is the main part of our company here. That and fitting in all our community work. Community work is such an important part of our business. And when we are so busy in production all the time and we've got that pull to do some community work, trying to find the balance for that sometimes gets really, really tough. And our customers and, and the people that they are and the, the causes they're um, passionate about are important to us as well. And we want to support as much as we can. So how are we going to do that in other provinces? That always becomes uh, a source of <laughs> meetings here for us. Everything's gone up. Every ingredient we use in our product has increased. Even from the boxes, the cardboard has increased. Protein is very hard to get. Our major source of what we use in our bar, there's a huge delay in that. So without protein, we can't make bars. So we always do have our regular suppliers, our large bulk suppliers, but I am never I'm not looking to make sure we have plan B's that are potentially able to step in in case all of a sudden our supplier had nothing to give us for four months or even a month, right? Then what are we going to do? We are not going to shut down for four months. So I think there's always, as you're getting into the food space, you really got to be conscious of the ingredients that you're using. You know, we use peanut butter. There was a bad peanut butter crop. We got half the peanut butter we were able to get and it went up. Those things, you really got to understand your margins, how much room you have, what your price point. Do we have to do a price point? Do we have to increase our prices? Or are we going to eat some of this cost because I think it's going to stabilize? I think some of it will stabilize um, in the next few years. Some of the prices are high, a bit higher now for honey, some of the other stuff we use, but I think we're going to get back to seeing that stabilize. I don't think food manufacturers or the suppliers want to see 
these prices so high. You're going to cut off a whole bunch of people who can no longer use your products, right? So I'm optimistic. Uh, we haven't done a price increase. We've kind of eaten those costs and factored them into our margins and seen if there's other areas we can maybe cut back on for the time being so that I didn't have to push that down to our customers. That being said, we've seen a lot of price increases and I've never judged anyone for having to do that because I fully understand if your margins don't support what's happening right now, then customers have to be willing to give a little bit as well. I mean, at some point you're going to have no margin. So you're going to be pretty much working to not even break even. And I don't think that's fair. So um, there's only two ways to do it, right? Increase your price or reduce your expenses, <laughs> reduce your costs. So if you're running a pretty tight ship in terms of labor and overhead, I think the only thing left when there's ingredients that are going up is doing a small price increase. The supply chain delays are deep and someone orders a product and it's not received within a day or two. It's by no means, you know, on the production side, it's literally when you can't get stuff to go into your product, you can't just replace it. That's not how food works either, right? Our bars are tested and their microbiology is done using the ingredients that we have. You can't just throw in different things and kind of make stuff up as you go. That's not how food manufacturing works. We are so close to launching our new packaging, full pre-printed film. It's beautiful. It's fun. We just bought a delivery van. We have our own in-house delivery system now. We're going to wrap it and it's going to bop around the city, uh, around the province, marketing cranked. But being able to get outside of Manitoba with this new packaging and point of sale, the boxes, everything, it's like a complete rebrand and it is so fun. Like I can't even wait to do it. But of course, everything takes time and we got to do shelf life testing and, and whatnot and just make sure everything's good to go. And But once January hits, we are going to start opening up into other provinces, which is really exciting. Thank you for listening to the awesome podcast where we celebrate the achievement and lessons of women-owned food and beverage manufacturing companies in Canada. Learn more about our community at beawesome.ca.